0: You're listening to Conversation with the Experts. This is an Allied Health and Nursing Education Outreach Programme podcast in collaboration with the Education Hub at the Royal Children's Hospital. Hi, my name's Sarah Temby, and I'm an Allied Health Educator in the RCH Education Outreach Programme. Today we have Justine Adams, who is one of five physiotherapists specialising in neuromuscular disorders at the Royal Children's Hospital. She's been working in this team for the past three years and across paediatric chronic disease for 10 years. The team works in the weekly neuromuscular clinic and research program. Today, we'll be discussing wheeled mobility for Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Welcome, Justine. Thanks, Sarah. Can you remind us exactly what Duchenne muscular dystrophy or DMD is?
1: Yeah, sure. Duchenne muscular dystrophy, which I'll call DMD, is a genetic condition that mainly affects boys. The dystrophin gene produces dystrophin protein, which is important to the structure of the muscle cell wall. Mm -hmm. In DMD, shortage of dystrophin causes muscle cells to break down. They're unable to repair and replicate and are replaced by fibrotic scar tissue. This causes increasing weakness, associated muscle tightness and fatigue. Mm -hmm. DMD affects all muscles of the body and it is progressive, leading to eventual loss of ambulation and cardiac and respiratory failure. Corticosteroids are prescribed to protect the muscles and slow the
0: progressive weakness, but unfortunately they are not a cure. Okay, and today we're going to be talking about wheeled mobility. This might sound a bit silly, but just to be clear, what is wheeled mobility? No, excellent question, Sarah.
1: So for young people with DMD, when we use the term wheeled mobility or wheels, We mean any wheeled device that assists them with with their mobility and participation. Most commonly in DMD, we mean a manual or a powered wheelchair or powered mobility scooters.
0: All right, I got it. And why do we need to consider wheeled mobility for young people with DMD? Well,
1: Sarah, as DMD is progressive, children do become weaker. Eventually, all children with DMD will be unable to stand and walk independently and will require a wheelchair to move about. But even before that point, participation and safety becomes more difficult as they get slower, more tired and more prone to falling. Wheel mobility has a role throughout that whole
0: course of the disease,
1: but how that looks is really different for each stage.
0: Mm. And what are we trying to achieve with wheeled mobility for DMD?
1: A great question. The aim is to set a child with DMD up with wheel mobility options that will support them to participate fully, to be as independent as possible, and to be able to save their precious energy for the good stuff in life, like playing, hanging out, keeping up with mates, managing schoolwork, family time, and all those things they enjoy. Mm, Definitely. Other important considerations include maintaining comfort and good posture for their growing bodies. It's important to remember that the disease progression in DMD is inevitable and predictable. As I mentioned, there's no cure. So therefore, it's not useful to encourage these young people to push through tiredness and avoid will mobility in an endeavour to maintain their strength or fitness.
0: So it's quite the opposite to the old saying of use it or lose it for children with DMD, is that right? Mm. To some extent, that's true, Sarah. Remember, we still want children
1: to be as active as they can manage, but we also want to be able to respect their need for rest by providing them with the equipment to do so. Uh, okay. So not, not quite. Okay. So instead, we talk, to, uh, talk with children and their families about how to identify when wheels might be helpful and prescribe them the appropriate equipment for their stage of disease. This early engagement provides them with the opportunity to be as independent and confident with their wheels as possible. So the equipment looks different at different ages and stages. Young children might be pushed by their parents in a lightweight wheelchair, um, but when they're a little older and a little more mature, a lightweight powered mobility scooter might be better.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Later on, a powered wheelchair with complex seating systems can provide the postural support and... um, the postural support that the non ambulant kids require.
0: Mm. And when do we need to start thinking about wheeled mobility for DMD? This is my favourite question because it's early, even if they're walking well,
1: and wheeled mobility is not immediately indicated as it seems. This sounds a bit counterintuitive, so let me explain it a bit. In the early stages, wheels are aimed at fatigue management, to promote participation and prevent falls. Some younger kids may be fine to walk everywhere at the time, but for others, early wheels may be helpful to access excursions, shopping centres or keep up with their mates moving around school. Mm. Proactive prescription of wheel mobility will also ensure that when functional decline or an injury occurs, the family is set up to successfully deal with that and will already have the experience in using the chair to promote their participation. Mm. It can be helpful to remember too that patients that the patient's priorities, abilities, and the family's lifestyle, emotional readiness, and
0: usual environments will guide the decision making at each stage. Mm. And you've made a great point about considering the child and the family. So how can we support families to talk about wheeled mobility?
1: Mm. I've mentioned that the functional decline that we expect is predictable, but First and foremost, the diagnosis of DMD is devastating for families. Yeah. So discussions around wheel mobility can be confronting and they can be challenging for families and must be handled with care. Mm. Uh, These conversations will look really different depending on where the families are at with their grief, with their emotional readiness, and with their understanding of how wheel mobility can really benefit their child and their family's life. Um, We have a couple of tips that clinicians might find helpful around this. Uh, We we find it useful to offer frequent opportunities to talk about wheels, to gauge where the families are at, and then offer the support where it's needed. We also want to teach kids and their families to look out for the signs of when wheel mobility might be important to improve their life. So seek support from the Child's Specialist Neuromuscular Team to help you in your conversations
0: your decision-making, and your problem-solving along the way. You don't have to tackle this alone. Mm. Now, you just mentioned the signs, and so can you explain a little bit more about what we're looking for that will point us to wheel mobility being beneficial for a young person with DMD?
1: Mm, sure. So as a physio, our role is really to gauge how DMD is impacting on a young person's quality of life and safety. So there's a few key signs that we would look out for in doing this. I'll take you through a few. Mm, Thanks. Um, Increasing tiredness or fatigue is a big one. This may present differently for everyone. It may be reflected in the child's behaviour, their emotional state, their engagement, participation, their attendance at school or their attendance to family life activities. You may also hear reports of increasing frequency of falls or even opting out of physical activity Uh, and play due to a fear of falling. Uh, We will also potentially see a reduced participation overall. So this may present as as social withdrawal or reduced school attendance and it may be caused by tiredness, fear of falling or simply not being able to keep up with their mates at school. This can also impact on family, community and social life where families begin to opt out of or avoid activities Like going to the footy or the supermarket, just because it's become too difficult to manage. Mm. There may be a noticeable change in where or how far the child is able to walk. And as part of your physio assessment, you might even notice reduced performance on standard tests like the North Star ambulatory assessment or a six-minute walk test. Mm. Uh, It's important to say though that the ongoing monitoring of whether wheel mobility is indicated is really ultimately a partnership between community therapists, family. And specialist tertiary teams.
0: So keep liaising. Great point. So, if we have a child with DMD who's walking well, what can wheeled mobility look like for them? Mm, yeah, great question. Um, so, most children
1: are preschool age when they're diagnosed, and they may or may not still be using a stroller for occasional use. We would consider a stroller less appropriate for school age, but if the family is still really reliant on their stroller, then it's time to start gentle introductions to wheel mobility concepts. Uh, during that early ambulatory stage where um, wheel mobility might not even be needed, but we should be monitoring for and educating families on those signs of when wheel mobility might become useful. When the signs are there, a lightweight manual wheelchair or a pow- lightweight powered scooter might be a good place to start, depending on the age and the cognition of the child. Both really helpful for fatigue management falls prevention and participation and both require an ot or a physio in the community to prescribe them the lightweight powered scooters can be useful to provide the independent an independent alternative to walking they can be introduced at a young age in some cases but the child needs to have the cognitive capacity to drive safely mm. and they need to be able to transfer on and off the scooter independently the manual wheelchairs are really great for occasional use where supervision is needed in those busy environments or excursions,
0: but we always try to remember that they don't allow for that
1: independent mobility.
0: Mm, okay. And when a child with DMD is starting to slow down, what does that look like and what do we need to think about? Mm, at that point,
1: we would, really, we would be referring to that as the late ambulance stage and here we might see a slower walking pace and limited endurance. They may already be using a powered scooter or a manual chair for part of their day, already. The aim is to give these kids access to a power wheelchair to use and train with before they become fully dependent and transition to being non-ambulant. Powered wheelchairs need to be a regular part of conversation with families at this point, and ideally the prescription process actively started through trials and lots of exposure.
0: And I'm guessing the sooner you discuss power wheelchairs with the client and family, the better the outcome? Mm, That's our current thinking, Sarah, yeah.
1: We really need to be proactive here to give families time for that more relaxed, open exploration of different types of wheel mobility, to understand their features and to help families reach emotional readiness to accept the equipment. This can also help with funding applications too, so that the request for those advanced equipment features can be specific and directly related to the child's physical goals. Mm -hmm. This is really particularly important when we're prescribing complex and expensive equipment like standing wheelchairs. We want to also manage the family's and the child's expectations around training and wait times and ultimately set them up for successful uptake of this new and daunting equipment. And finally, We also need to be proactive in making sure that the powered chair can go where it's needed. This includes an appropriate modified family vehicle and access to the home and all areas of the school.
0: And if your DMD client is no longer ambulant, what should we consider with respect to managing their wheeled mobility?
1: Sarah, hopefully these patients already have a powered wheelchair with complex seating system, trunk support, Position versatility, including tilt and space, and funding in place for transport and vehicle mods. If not, you should seek sec- specialist support to get the ball rolling as quickly as possible. Once they have the power wheelchair, a therapist's time sh- would uh, will really be focused on skill building, patient autonomy, and monitoring the chair itself. Just to explain this a little bit, when it comes to skill building and autonomy. Some essential skills to consider are using the chair's features effectively. These may include the standing function, if that's been utilised, tilt and space, elevating footrests or back recline to enable the uh, changes in position and pressure care. Building confidence in all environments, um, such as transfers, toileting, access to public transport and community mobility is really important too. With respect to maintenance, we're usually monitoring for fit, functionality, pressure area safety,
0: and support needs. I've got a pretty good understanding now about what wheeled mobility is and when we should think and start talking about it. But if you've never prescribed wheeled mobility for a patient with DMD before, what what should we do? Where should we start?
1: Oh, yes, yeah, Sarah, our advice would be don't try to do it alone. Seek support from therapists with expertise in prescribing wheelchairs for kids with DMD. Given the predictable progression and the rare nature of this disease, better outcomes can be achieved by learning from the experience of our colleagues who have worked in this area. Start with your patient's specialist tertiary neuromuscular healthcare team. They'll either be able to provide you with the advice and the resources you need, or they'll have the knowledge of where the expertise
0: lies in your local area. Amazing. Thank you so much for all that information about wheeled mobility. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I guess I'd
1: really like to just remind us all that wheeled mobility should empower a child to live their best life and reach their full potential. It takes time to build this relationship with their chairs. And if we can give them and their families this opportunity,
0: there's no telling what they can achieve. Great. Thank you so much, Justine. And what would be your three key take-home messages? Okay, so number one,
1: consider wheel mobility early by supporting families through regular discussion and looking for the signs of where wheels might be beneficial to the child. Number two, ask for support from colleagues and with experience in working with children with DMD. Number three, allow time for skill
0: building once the equipment arrives. Fantastic. Thank you. And thank you so much, Justine, for talking today about wheeled mobility for children with Duchenne muscular dystrophy. Really, really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Sarah. Thank you for the chat. And can I also take a moment to thank the great team of physios I work with, Kate Carroll, Katie Duval, Rachel Kennedy, and Kiara Tiroik.
0: Thanks, Justine. Thank you. Have you heard? The Education Hub has a new podcast channel, Teach, Think, Treat. This new channel explores facets of clinical education and is a melting pot of ideas that will support your journey as a healthcare professional. Thanks for listening. To find out more, see the description.